0: The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Steffen, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Toffey. Peter Pardini is an award winning director and producer who has been featured on the Grammys, HBO, CNN, and much more. He was most notably recognized for his 2016 documentary, Now More Than Ever The History of Chicago, which has since won several Film Festival awards. Now, Peter and his brother have put together Scrapbook, a brand new coffee table book chronicling the 53 year history of the band Chicago and joining me to talk about this beautiful new book is Peter Pardini. Peter welcome back hopefully you and your family have been well these past couple months
1: yeah we're doing probably just as as well as most people you know just trying to you know it's that mix of being happy that uh, you get to kind of Stay home and watch TV and work from home, and then the other half that's like, I really want to get out.
0: <laughs> right. Do you work from home normally? Do you have a pretty good setup where you can do your projects at home?
1: Yeah, I've been really fortunate that the only time I really have have had to leave home for work is to shoot something. So I've uh, I've been working from home for probably seven years now. So it's I, I'm fortunate in that respect.
0: Yeah, and congratulations on your, it's really a hefty coffee table book that you and I guess your brother produced.
1: Yeah, we, um, earlier last year, the band's manager, Pier Chivarelli, had kind of talked to me briefly about, you know, maybe we should start thinking about doing a coffee table book or some type of picture book, because he was looking at another one by um, a photographer who had said that uh, you know you could pretty much do these things on your own, and with self-publishing now, it's it's a really good deal. So my brother and I started working on it shortly thereafter. And it took probably, let's see, we we started about a year and two months ago, we released it a day before all the shutdowns started. So we really got lucky that this thing came out. And we didn't have to do any revisions or anything before, uh, you know, the pandemic came and kind of shut business down.
0: Yeah, I actually talked to... uh... Keith Howland of the band just this week and he said that he loves the book. He was uh, actually started thumbing through it as as the band was r- getting ready to wrap up their residency here at the Venetian in Las Vegas and you know talked about how he'd go backstage before the show and, and that's the moments where he would go through the book and loved it.
1: Oh that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that.
0: And of course like you say they were shut down not too long after that.
1: Yeah I mean I I heard and I don't I can't verify that it's true. I don't know how you'd even find out, but we were told backstage cuz I was we were there in Las Vegas on I like, whatever it was, the 12th or something. Yeah. And I think at that point every concert in America had been stopped or canceled or whatever. And I I think Chicago was the last show to play in the United States or possibly the world it was the last concert.
0: You know, I believe that because I remember thinking cuz there were there were posts on Facebook of people who had gone to see him this night or that night. I was thinking, "Really? They're still performing at this point." And Keith was telling me, he goes, "Yeah, all the shows were sold out, but it was kind of spooky because night by night the crowd started dwindling." He said it was really a weird feeling.
1: Yeah, it was strange, but I will I will say I'll push back on that a little bit. There were way more people than you think would Yeah. Want- Wow. which is, I, I think, you know, it's a testament to not only to just people spending money and wanting to get, you know, what they paid for, but also just Chicago. I mean, it, you wouldn't have known, you would have just thought there were just less people. It was still looked about 70% full to me. Yep. The next day, everything was sh- shut down.
0: So, you know, your book is huge, which is understandable because the band has been together for over 50 years. Who contributed photos to to the project, because it, it was a ton.
1: Well, I had got a thumb drive of basically the three, or no, four, yeah, four of the four guys who, are, uh, who have been in the band, the original members, Walt, you know, Robert, Lee, Jimmy, um, all their pictures that they had in their personal archives from the last, you know, 53 years, and some even further back. I mean, the book could have been even longer because there was tons of pictures of you know them growing up and but i didn't we didn't really have a way of incorporating those that was fitting into the theme of the book which i wanted it to be basically i thought the coolest thing about it was that you could open it up and you could almost go month by month for most of the career and it was just too difficult to figure out a way to you know lay out the pictures when you know, the earlier pictures are sometimes five, six years apart. So we just made the decision to kind of start with and, and have it be solely about the band as they knew it. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the cool things I like about the book is that if you're, you know, I, I'm i jealous of anybody who got to see this band in the, you know, the late 60s and then the 70s. But
0: yeah. the
1: thing is, if you grew up, like, when was the first time you saw the band?
0: The first time was probably... I did see the original lineup. I think it was 1974 at Alpine Valley in Wisconsin. That's where I'm from originally. But I will tell you this my sister had tickets to see Chicago when the first album came out, when they were still CTA. And this was in our small town of Racine, Wisconsin, and they were still playing in little markets like that. And a a friend canceled on her and she asked me if I wanted to go. Now, I was just a kid, I was maybe in the fourth, fifth grade at the that point she asked me if i wanted to go see this band called the chicago transit authority and i said who (laughs) and i didn't i didn't go with and i think they were playing at like the local ymca or something like that
1: that's awesome well the cool thing is that you can open up the book and on the, the left and right margins you can see a date and uh you know for the first good portion of their career you can go month by month and that was really what the the hardest part of the book was really was just sifting through all the pictures and figuring out when they took place sometimes it had to be like a very educated guest because if you're seeing their hairstyle or something and you say okay well that must be 1974 because all these other pictures they have that hair but the cool thing is you can open it up and you can say okay well my first concert was in June of 1971 and you can actually find that easily rather than going to a glossary or going to a chapter title you can actually just look on the margins at the dates and find you know maybe some memories that you have with the band which is uh, i think pretty cool feature
0: you know, I, I remember in college, too, just as a as a side note, I got to go backstage because I was working for the college radio station, and I got to interview a couple of the guys at Summerfest in Milwaukee, and one of the guys was Peter Cetera. You could tell he was kind of starting to lose the, you know, the luster for the band and, and going on tour and stuff. He didn't seem very happy at that point.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it, well, the thing... Uh, that I always, you know, the band's been together, what, 53 years? Ago. Yeah. And, you know, when you think of the fact that Peter Cetera came into the band and, you know, six, I think it was like six months after the band like officially started. But he was there from 1968, 67, all the way up until 19, what, 84? Five, 84, 85. that's still 18 years <laughs> that that basically the original lineup before Terry had passed. It was, you know, 11 years before Terry passed. So it's really when people say like, oh, man, Peter Sotero had it and he was out. oh Danny Danny Serafin left. And it's like, yeah, but these guys were together as a band in that iteration longer than most bands stay together. So that's the cool thing about the book is that you see really month by month the entire career and, uh, you know, a lot of these pictures I didn't even know existed until the, uh, until I was making this book, which I was like, man, I wish I had that for the movie. <laughs> like, I see this as kind of an addendum to the movie. It's, it's, in a way, for people better than the movie because you can look at it at your own pace and you can kind of see things at the way you want to look at it.
0: Were there any photos that really surprised you?
1: It wasn't the photos as much as, um, like, little articles that verified certain things that were in the documentary. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there was a lot of times where there'd be little phrases that you would have heard each guy say during interviews and then you go and look and there's an article that that backs that up and I would have loved to be able to to cut that cut to that and uh, not necessarily verify it because it sounds like it's not true but to just it, I, I like documentaries where it's like man, how did they get that? how did they get that footage? how did they get that article from you know 1973 and it is exact, they're remembering it exactly correctly.
0: It's kind of ironic to me, too, that there's a ton of photos, because as a fan of the band, I remember thinking at least the first few years that they were kind of a faceless commodity. You'd see the famous logo and stuff, but they didn't exactly push themselves as much as the music.
1: No, it really felt like they were just a group of friends playing music, is what it was. And, uh, yeah, just I'm, I'm thumbing through the book right now as we're doing this, and just seeing... It reminds me just a lot of just, you know, I think people relate to the band so much because hey the music's great. But when they see these guys together, it reminds them of themselves. They they really are everyman hardworking guys who made it by just doing what they loved and by being persistent about it. And you'll really see the friendship come through in a lot of these pictures, especially early on. Just these guys were really on some sort of adventure or journey. Going around basically the world within. And think about this: they were they started in 1967, and within two and a half years, they were you know famous in Europe and traveling Europe, and uh, it's they achieve success a lot faster than most bands do. Like you hear about groups now who you're just hearing their first song on the radio and you think, oh, this is a new band. And you go to Wikipedia and you find out they've been together for 10 years. Really right. meteoric success almost immediately.
0: They, by the way, always seem to take care of their fan club members, which is, I think, that the book is available to the fan club members before it's actually rolling out to the general public. Yeah, we
1: um, we released it. In Las Vegas at the fan club convention, um, it only just like a week or two ago, I mean, time's all blurring together right now, but <laughs> it was only like yeah. a week or two ago that it was formally kind of introduced to the public to, to buy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a good two, two and a half months of uh, fan club having exclusive access to it, which I think is really, really cool.
0: The design of the cover of the book is beautiful. Is that your brother who did that?
1: Yes. So we worked, I had ideas for how I wanted things to look. He basically, I mean, I would send him, he lived with me over summer, last summer, to do this, the whole thing. And uh, I sent him folders that were sorted by year and then by month. And they were in order, so I would name the files so that there was no way that that he could get confused about when things were. And I thought that the cover should be; it should look like a yearbook almost. The yeah. the cover for the movie, the documentary, also has a the Chicago logo with pictures inside of it, and I I always liked that because it looks like it's almost like a sticker on a locker, or it, it looks like a yearbook. He, right. he designed it. I mean, I just told him, hey, make it look leather with pictures inside the logo and he did the rest. So he's... And he's in college, so this is really a, a huge thing for him to be able to <laughs> Yeah, also designed the design the nice. Christmas album cover.
0: And by the way, Peter, I love the title, Scrapbook, uh, which, by the way, is an underrated great song yeah, by the band, for sure. The manager, and he seems to be a guy who's really on top of it. They're, they are well taken uh, care yeah. of, aren't they? See,
1: there's two things that Peter Chivarelli cares about the most in the world, and that's Chicago and Notre Dame football he (laughs) is he i have to say like he is the most dedicated guy on the planet when it comes to doing things for the band and uh the idea for this has been kind of brewing for a while because i remember when i first started going on tour with the group you know i like coffee table books they look nice and i thought you know one day maybe we could do a coffee table book and it was always a matter of you know how do you do it how do you make it how much does it cost to produce and you know it's it's the question that any business has with anything they're going to do, and I think that just after the 50th anniversary and after the movie came out and just the success that the movie had, I think that this is the perfect time to make something, and uh, it really has worked out um, because you know they're they're going to go on tour either later this year or early next year. I mean, there's no we, no one knows anything yet about when who when anyone's going on tour, but you know, at the beginning of this year so that it was something to hold people over who were maybe planning on going to a show this summer or planning on going to a show earlier this year. And now there's something that was finished right in the nick of time. All that happened.
0: So, those guys are such road dogs. I'm always impressed at how much they're on the road all these years later, and they have done that every year since the late 60s. How, as far as you know, how are they all kind of handling the time off, which could be another Uh, several months? I mean,
1: they're handling it as well as you can. I mean, they love going on tour. I know that behind the scenes, thinking about what can they do how can they engage fans how can they plan for what's coming because no one really knows what's happening right now um it's good to see all the recent it seems good in theory all the recent moves towards reopening some some extent but no one knows what's going to be you know large gatherings or any of that they're all very well balanced people and um at least emotionally it seems like they're handling it okay but i know they really want to get back out there
0: by the way, you've had such a successful uh, career. Your films have gotten a lot of press. Now more than ever has, you know, obviously it's done very well. What about some of the other projects that you've worked on?
1: Come out last July, if I remember, right? Yeah, June or July. And it's called The Sat. It's a look at um, right. the history of basically health perceptions in the United States specifically. And never did I think I would be making a movie about health. or But I see it more of <laughs> a historical movie about, you know, where did the food pyramid come from? Where did the dietary guidelines come from? And are they wrong? Or was it intentionally wrong? Or, you know, it's just asking questions and showing the history of basically from the mid 1860s all the way up until present day of how we came to believe certain things specifically how we came to believe that fat is bad for you and kind of laying out how fat itself is not necessarily bad for you as a dietary you know food but it's the other things that you're eating with the fat that cause you to store fat and have health problems down the line. So that one did really well. It came out worldwide on digital um, in July, and immediately, I don't know how this works, but it went to number one all-time of documentaries in iTunes within a week, and was number one. It was was in the New York Times for, obviously, top documentary, and then it was also in the top ten of all movies, which was really crazy because... The guy who I made it with, who's the kind of main narrator, and Vinny Tortorich, he has a, a following on Twitter and online because he has a podcast, and he basically just promoted it to the people who he's helped lose weight and get healthy over the last ten, fifteen years. They all just went out and supported it, and it went. It was, I think, number eight out of every single movie on iTunes in the week of like August something last year. Wow. It's uh, it's been really. Eye opening for me because I thought, you know, the Chicago one was going to be, it was a huge deal for me with CNN and for Netflix and all that. But I didn't think that a health documentary would do just as well or possibly even a little bit better because of people's absolute rabid dedication to diet and health. And then in a couple yeah. months, I have a movie coming out that I made with my wife, who produced it, and then a friend of mine, Jake, who is the lead in it and the co-writer. It's a one-day movie called Rolling Thunder, so we, we basically made a mockumentary that we shot entirely in one day, and the concept was that we would follow a fake director making a bad short film and quote-unquote document the process, but the idea was that we would get, we have Joe Mantegna in it, Chicago's in it, Wes Studi from Last of the Mohicans. Uh You would get real people going to a real, theoretically a real movie set. You would let them basically improvise the entire day. And so the movie is the, the fake documentation of that. And so we shot a whole feature film in one day. It's called World Thunder. And um, you can go to my director Facebook page and watch the trailer, but I'm going to be releasing a lot more information about it. But we're we're self-distributing, and we're have to. we waiting on a release date right now. But it looks like it's going to be sometime between July 30th and August 30th. But they have to stagger it all now because they're having delays because of the coronavirus. Yeah, So, but that'll be out sometime later this summer on
0: iTunes. Yeah. Very nice. Well, and scrapbook. Where can people order the new book?
1: You can go to Chicago's website, so ChicagoTheBand dot com, and it should be right there on the main landing page. And uh, yeah, go and check it out. I really, if if you're a fan of the band, this is there's really nothing better in terms of their history. Besides, you know, it depends on what how you want to get the history. If you want the movie, you can watch the movie. But this is really just month by month, as I said earlier. And there's there's really cool like. There's pictures, there's quotes, there's old concert bills. It's really the most in-depth thing about the band that's out there.
0: I'm so looking forward to seeing it, and and thank you so much for you and your brother for putting that out there. Is he another aspiring filmmaker?
1: No, he's actually in graphic design, and he goes to school here in in L.A. But he's uh, kind of the perfect uh, combination here with... With uh, with the two of us, so he's he's done a really great job, and he he really, I mean, this this book, the layout of it, besides you know me sending him folders that say when, where everything should go in terms of the dates, he did all of this, so he deserves all the credit.
0: Well, hopefully, he didn't overcharge you.
1: <laughs> 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 he,
0: he was taken care of. It. Okay, good. Peter Pardini, the new book, Scrapbook. Can't wait to uh, to get that and look through it as a fan of Chicago. Always great to talk to you, and I hope you uh, stay well and have nothing but the best of luck. You too. It was great talking. All right, Pete. Bye-bye. Bye. Once again, chicagotheband.com is where you can buy the book. I can't wait to see what's inside. It is a treasure for fans of the band, and hopefully it'll hold us over until the boys go back out on the road. You know, I understand why they didn't include pictures of the band members when they were kids but that might have been kind of neat to see that that does it for this episode of the fake show i'm jim Tofty. i'll see you back here next time take the fake show on the road by listening on soundcloud stitcher itunes and thefakeshow.com